All right. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Team Next Level Quad Pod. I'm Greg and I'm joined by my normal co-hosts, Marilyn and Rich, but back for her third time. Third? Fourth. Fourth, fourth time. Fourth. fourth time. Fourth time on the show. The abnormal co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Our recurring abnormal stand-in co-host, <laughs> abnormal, uh, Yvonne Lucino. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you all. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yvonne... Uh, Made James sick this week again. I know. Yeah. I know. No, I, I That's feel how like she gets on. She, yeah. she, she does. She's like, I, I feel like I want to be on the podcast this week. <laughs> I feel like James's it's pillow. time <laughs> for me to set the record straight. There is nothing that emits from me <laughs> at any time. I've been healthy. I am not any type of um, carrier monkey uh, for James. Uh, but James is hopefully uh, three daiquiris deep yeah. in good old. Jamaica man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's enjoying his vacation. Uh, well deserved. Well deserved. That well, man well needs well to, to chill out. Standing ovation. Yeah. Well done, James. I hope you mm-hmm. are. We have applause on this thing. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, and we get to use it. And we get to use it. Yeah, yeah. we don't really get to to use the soundboard. There you okay. go. Um, yeah. So James is. Put, we put on the PV try yesterday, uh, August. 13th. 13th. Um, and we are we are joined today not just by our recurring co-host, but by racing wow. royalty. She is now a podium. Yeah. First place. Not, not just a podium. Official. First official. Place. Top step of the podium. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yvonne, you can give us a better recap than we could possibly give, um, having raced and won. Uh, was this won your first? <laughs> <laughs> was this your first race ever? Was this your first race win? That you've had? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. It's it's my second sprint. Um, I did NJ State earlier. That was supposed to be Olympic. It oh, turned right. into a sprint because of weather. Um, and I generally didn't prefer sprints. Um, but now that I've won one, it's become my <laughs> favorite. Like your favorite. I love this. <laughs> Do what you're and good I, at. I actually wasn't going to participate because I, Last minute. I was going to volunteer. And then James um, had asked me to sit in for him during the podcast. And I said, sure, what are we going to talk about? He's like, the PV try recap. And I was like, well, wait a minute. I should run the race because then <laughs> I'll have something to say. <laughs> so I think it was like two days before I kept still going back and forth. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to register you. Just do it. So, uh, and I'm so glad I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every time I saw you on the course, you looked like you were at, Doing, I know you like you were so flying happy. and you had a big smile on your yeah. face. Yeah. So. I don't, you know, I was telling someone uh, today and yesterday, I'm like, I wish I knew what it was. And I don't know if it was just, I had such appreciation for the race. I mean, you know, there's always that back end work that goes into any race that's put Mm -hmm. on, obviously, big or small. But just knowing how much care and time everyone on, uh, you know, on this panel and uh, James uh, also put into this race to make it fun for everyone that I don't know if that's just what, you know, gave me that extra burst of energy or I had like you know, 99% of the volunteers on the course were either related to me or (laughs) (laughs) on my, you know, whether it was blood related or team related. So it was like every turner I corner, every corner I turned, they, uh, it was someone else I knew. And it was just like, it was a race for me. I was just flying high. It was was just a race for you. It was, it It was. was. Thank you guys. (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) And it was for a good cause. And I'm like, I wish I could bottle up that formula because, 
you know, man, if I can like have that much energy, I mean, all day long, I, I never had like a crash. I wasn't mm-hmm. like, I was still going. I mean, I, I crashed at like nine o'clock at night, yeah. but you yeah. know, I, I was feeling really good. I'm like, man, that you was like, great. Every time I saw you, yeah, yeah. so much fun, yeah, so much fun. But like every time I try to pull back, there was someone else I knew, and I was like, I gotta look good. <laughs> so it just made me keep going, and I never ever run straight through the uh, run course, and I and it was a hilly course. Yeah. So even with that, I was like, oh, and um. I was like, oh, let me see how far I can do this. And I kept on going and I was like, oh, I feel okay. And I just kept on running and I ran the entire time. Yay, so look at you. Yeah. And then you went back and out for another run. <laughs> I did. I that wasn't did. enough. <laughs> it wasn't enough. Sure. I, uh, Coach John had uh, planned uh, a run. He wanted to make sure I got my long run in for the weekend. And he's like, do the course, finish, and do it again. So She almost I, missed her, her medal. Oh, did she wasn't there for she it. She ran into the <laughs> She metal. ran into oh. the... <laughs> That's like the ultimate flex, isn't it? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm you, just going to do it again. age group. <laughs> and not only are you sitting there waiting for your medal, you come in after an extra run to accept your award like oh you suck you guys all suck i had to get a little bit of extra work i had announced it even because she didn't she didn't come up for the medal and i was like oh yvonne's out for another one she comes from behind like like, i'm here i'm here (laughs) i i was coming through the back and um i had just finished i think i was like checking in with my husband and and they were getting ready to go and i saw the award ceremony going and i and i had to get my run in because i was volunteering for the splash and dash for the kids and I'm like okay if I uh checked in with Marilyn I'm like what time does the splash and dash start mm-hmm. if I do my run now I can finish and then go volunteer and then they st- I saw when I came back the ceremony was going on and I was not thinking I would get anything but I was like oh you know I'm, I'm missing it so uh, I ran back down and I just hear Marilyn and I hear I faintly hear Yvonne Lucino and I'm almost like I don't know if I'm delirious right now because I've been running that second <laughs> run hit hard and I'm like and I hear and I hear her say you know Yvonne actually is not here because I'm like she said my name and I just come from behind and I was like I'm here I'm here and then I'm like what did I win and she's like first and I was like what and we both look at each other she's like yeah so even that was so exciting because it was Marilyn announcing it and she just gave me a big Into hug the megaphone? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yelling People were probably face. like, who wow. the hell is this girl? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I had the new tri kit on, so I was like yep. extra official. Look, and so good. Yeah. It, it was, was good. so much fun. Yeah. So let's did, talk about the race a little bit. At, at yeah. any time when you were out there, did you think you might get your name called? Yeah. How did you- uh, I was just curious. You know, I, I thought if there was any chance, I didn't really like scope out my competition because I, I wasn't um, planning on, on running and I didn't know anyone. I wasn't familiar with anyone. So I was like, ah, if anything, like I figure, um, you know, maybe like I'd come in like third or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I had come down, I was picturing i was figuring she would say something like that and so when she said first i was like no way she's like right and i was like oh my god like we were both like right <laughs> but she just like looked like, at me like yeah right so um but and my sister was there because she had volunteers so she got to see that and it's like you know you live this world that just makes sense to you because like i'm around it all the time and in, in my time but like my family's not there so like the kids saw me yeah. running oh, and great. um my sister like i said she saw me win the award and mm-hmm. it was just like it was such a good day it was yeah. really really fun i'm like i should just retire because <laughs> 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 i don't think it'd get any better um but yeah the race itself 
so much fun. And, um, you know, I was not the only one who said that, but let's talk about that slide start. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bravo, Yale. Bravo, Yale. Uh-huh. I mean, I have to give it to him. I thought it was either going to be amazing or a disaster. And <laughs> nothing thankfully, in between, right? No, yeah. no. There's yeah. no way it was, I was in between. <laughs> I just figured it was either, you know, the first time or the last time that this was going to happen. <laughs> right. uh-huh. um, and it just, it worked out really beautifully. Yeah. Like there was a good time in between each person mm-hmm. that went down. Um, it was so funny because all these, you know, people who are getting ready to do a triathlon and, and uh, the distances I think ended up being a 250 swim yeah. and mm-hmm. a 10 mile bike and the 5k run mm-hmm. yeah. so these people are getting ready to do that and all they're panicking about is this slide I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i think it was a great yeah. like icebreaker like yeah. just way to kind of cut through the tension of like a normal race start yeah. like, just yeah. make it, just like when you're online and someone else is going Whoa! oh yeah. my god yes yeah. <laughs> and you're like, like well, i guess down. i gotta do that of I guess all I ages yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes i think every race should start with the <laughs> start slide, with the slide. <laughs> We need to have like a microphone up at the top too. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that, that everyone hears it, right? Yeah. 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 And I mean, like, so the the race, uh, the timing person was up there and she's like asking you for your number and she's like, all right, go, go, go. And you're like, okay. Like, and then you're just, and it's a big slide too. So yeah. like, it was a nice time on it. So uh-huh. um, then I was worried about my goggles and if they were going to get thrown off or like how I was going to be ejected off the slide. <laughs> um, but it was fine. I, it was, uh, it was really uh, good. The only thing is it created like this current yeah. in the pool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So I just kept on bouncing in between like a pin, uh, yeah. like a pinball. And uh, I was like, is this me? I mean, that's uh, always the thing uh-huh. when you swim. You feel like, is this only happening to me right now? And I'm like, I am a terrible swimmer. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't think I was that bad. And yeah. uh, I just couldn't, you know, uh, yeah. kept on having to swim against it. But um, that was good. And then the bike, uh, what was great about it for me was that uh, we are often somewhere along that route when we do our rides we've done our time trials there so i knew when i can push it i knew when i had to kind of you know take a minute so that i could Mm -hmm. explode so being familiar with the course was really helpful i am like oh i know what's coming up next Mm -hmm. so it was uh that was really great and um my my brother-in-law my sister were on the course and then um we saw i saw two of our teammates, uh, Reggie was on the first corner and I was like, all right, I have to pass Reggie three times. And after I pass Reggie three times, I'm done. So every time I was like, Reggie, that's one. And you'd be like, one, Yvonne. So um, that was like so much fun. Um, and then I almost... Uh, cheated my way to victory <laughs> yeah. because there was like a little confusion. I was, you know, I knew what the what I had to Reggie's. do exactly, yeah. and that's what I said. I was like, I only saw Reggie twice. There's one Reggie missing, so um, I passed through, and I was like, I'm not done yet. So I had to go back on the bike and do my last loop. Um, I also saw Henry, who was the winner, uh, come from behind me, and um, I wasn't surprised that he passed me. But I was like, there's no way that I'm done if Henry's already done. <laughs> so I knew something was off. Um, so, uh, that was good. And then, like I said, the, the run was hilly, but I felt, I felt all right. I mean, um, I've been doing hill sprints since, um, (laughs) since August of last year. So I feel like, you know, they finally made sense to me. It was like a Mr. Miyagi moment where I was on the hill sprint and I was like, actually I've been doing this, so (laughs) this isn't so bad. Uh, so I just tackled those and, and that was it. Um, I came in and, and I gave... Uh, Dave, one of our PTs here, he was uh, giving medals. I gave him a big sweaty hug, so <laughs> that made it worth it, and and that was it. And uh, did my run again, so that was my experience. 
Wow. Awesome. Yeah. 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 So really, really well done. I mean, like I said, I don't know how people feel and and there's always things to make better and and room for improvement. But I think the overall, uh, I spoke with some people today that participated uh, and they said the same. It was just, it's a really lighthearted race and mm-hmm. um but still challenging i mean it's a challenge it's yeah, not like an easy course right. yeah. not at all mm-hmm. it's not easy at all so um but there's just the feel of it you just really uh it's fun so anyone who um you know question themselves about participating you really missed out make <laughs> sure you schedule for your calendars next year you know whatever time it's probably going to be around the same weekend right. um you know pencil that in start riding your bike it's really attainable it's mm-hmm. it's um the 10 mile i think is it makes it really nice because it's not too much mm-hmm. um and uh you know again the the thoughtfulness that goes into it it's like you're really and we raise money for the helping yeah. hand so it's a good cause i mean you really can't go wrong so if you don't want to do everything um and you can do a, a swim or a bike or a run like get yourself a team together start making plans for this for next year because you really just don't want to miss out and it just keeps getting better. So last year I thought it went really well Mm -hmm. and I volunteered. So to participate in it and it was even better, I could only imagine it, uh, even if it stayed the same, would be really fun. So so get out there next year for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's great to hear from your side of the thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We'll definitely bring some more to you guys in the future um, about kind of the behind the scenes stuff and what it takes to put on an event like this and, and lessons learned and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we lost James so clearly. There was a splash and dash. I don't after. even think he had a ticket. <laughs> he just disappeared. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think one of the reasons you had such a great race, Yvonne, was because you paced it so well, you were able to just kind of yeah. like meter that effort from the swim to the bike to the run. Um, and that's kind of what we decided to talk about, uh, tonight was, how do you go about doing that? How do you go about setting up kind of like a race plan, right, Rich? was Yeah, so when you think about doing a race, everybody trains and everybody's got a plan for their training. Everybody's got a coach or, or something or their own training. And then come race time or whatever races they've picked, they uh, know that they can put the um, practice into uh, into the race. But you need to be able to think about that particular race and actually plan for the pace of every leg of that event and mm-hmm. how you're going to do with your with every, with a lot of things in mind. I think it's a it's an important and, and a big part of not just training for the race but actually executing on that day. Yeah, I mean it's it's maybe the one of the most important things you can do like no matter what your training has looked like if yeah. you plan poorly for execution then it it could go south real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. you could have a really ugly day. Like the, you know, the fittest person on the planet could pace poorly and they're going to be walking. Mm-hmm. I saw way. someone comment on some page somewhere that they signed up for a race and they were, you know, thinking it was going to be okay. And it was however, um, um, however much elevation on the bike. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, and I think uh, I didn't check the fact that it was two loops. And oh, all no, worry. No. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's it's that kind of thing. Like, Everything's not going to go perfect, but if you have a plan, um, you should be able to to kind of put put it you know put it a, put it on paper and kind of understand what you're expecting that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think as you get more um, involved in the sport, do more races, build more of a kind of a knowledge base, that plan 
is going to go from being relatively simple to uh, eventually it might get to the point where it is unbelievably detailed and um, we'll kind of go over some of those different pieces and stuff. Um, You'll even be out there and some uh, longer races you might see like because of the knowledge and experience that you have, you'll see somebody um, who isn't as knowledgeable and experienced not do as well as you because you know that they're, you know, oh, absolutely. overdoing mm-hmm. stuff. So you can, you can kind of also see that over yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's a big part. You should definitely be thinking about it. And that's what we're going to talk about. Yep. So where do we start? Well, I think we can say, okay, if you've got the training in, like, is there something you can go to? We have all these resources now and, and figure out what the race pay, race plan pace should be for for my race right there's stuff out there right yeah um, so, so i guess we'll start surging. with like ideal right like trying to plan for for that ideal race scenario and then we'll get into how to modify that mm-hmm. that initial kind of broad strokes plan into something um everybody should um know you know that there are uh, pace calculators that are out there that they can find online. I don't have a particular one. I know Greg probably does, but um, I think that they're all probably going to give you a better understanding of what that's going to look like for you on race day. If you find something that you like, put in all the parameters and have it give you something that you can consider for that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I started running, I was I used um, just pace charts. Like I would put in yeah. whatever time, and then it would tell me, okay, you could finish in this time. This is what your splits need to be. This is this would be your finish time, and that was helpful. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that you're going to find one calculator that's going to do your whole race for you yeah, for a triathlon. I think parts. you're going to probably have to go to sports specific ones. Yeah. Um, but like you said, Marilyn, those are the be- the easiest way is um, search mm-hmm. swimming triathlon pace yeah. chart or something or. 70.3 swimming pace chart and mm-hmm. the first couple hits are going to bring you to a chart that does exactly what you said and give you an idea. Yep. Um and even those if if there's no particular <laughs> pace chart, you can kind of create one or think about one from pre if the race has been in the same venue for the same distance for previous years. Yep. So you can yeah. look at past years and start thinking about times and, and I things think like that. Using them though before you even start, you have to be honest with yourself yep. on what your capability is. Like you can't go to a pace chart and say, "Well, I want to finish a marathon in three hours," and say, "Okay, I'm going to do that pace." Yeah, because you're just gonna. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. You have to be the other way around. That, you have to be you have honest. To put in your, your parameters, t- yeah, what and you're have it tell you what you're going to right, finish, exactly. rather than I can do a three-hour marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely not the day of the race. Um, <laughs> if you go on something and, and you plan for that, then no matter what you're feeling on race day, if it's outside, like way outside of your norm, then you're not where you need to be. Yeah. And I remember, like, I think it was my first half marathon. Um, it was it's a, it was a flat course. Uh, and um, I remember when I was doing it, I was running, we were feeling good. I ran with a friend of mine and I knew where we always trained. I knew what number we needed to be. And the day was just like the 
perfect day for running. So you felt really good, really strong. And all of a sudden you get like your feet come from under you. you And all of a sudden I'm looking at my watch and I'm like, we don't run this fast. And it was like, oh, but you feel good. It's like, no, 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 we got to pull. And I kept on saying, I'm like, you got to pull it back. You got it. And I could feel it every time. Like it just, it went, um, it was just like that perfect day and it got away from you for a second. And I'm like, nope, this is still too fast. And I was like, all right, we got to stay where we trained up until like the last mile, Mm -hmm. like the last one or two miles. If we're still feeling good, let's kill it. That last mile, we'll just go. Mm-hmm. And um, and we did, and we finished really well. We finished strong. And that day, I remember specifically, there were so many people that I know that participated in that race, and they all bonked mm-hmm. because they felt mm-hmm. really good. And all of a sudden, like they got to that mile nine, mile 10, and they just died. Right. And mm-hmm. they had such a different experience than I did because it was like, you know, I, I just stayed committed to where I was. And, um, you know, that's that's the biggest thing yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it, you're fooling yourself to think that you're going to do something on race day that you haven't yeah. done in training. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, you know, especially in triathlon, when you put all three of them mm-hmm. together, like if I haven't ridden for whatever, let's say you're a three hour cyclist for and a half Ironman, if I haven't ridden at that power or that heart rate for three hours, I'm not suddenly going to do it on race day. <laughs> like, that's not the time. There's to be not like, oh. that much endorphins running through you. <laughs> not, yeah. not for five or six hours. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, same thing with the run. Like in a half marathon, like maybe you, like you're saying, you have that that endorphin rush. That fuel is easy, going to last you for the time. Like you, you might be able to push it a little bit, but not at the end of a triathlon. You yeah. know, so you definitely need to have done all those things in the lead up. And so you should be able to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so when do you look for what your race plan or race pace should be? Do you look at it before training, middle of training, a month out? Two I think you should out? all of those. Yeah. Right. right? <laughs> Just keep looking <laughs> yeah, at it. And because you, you're hoping you're getting fitter. So you got to keep checking in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, you might start with, I'm here. I'd like mm-hmm. to be here. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully as training goes on, those two lines come closer and closer to one another. And by close to race day, you're you're able to narrow in on that. Okay, here's where I'm at. Here's where I want to be. And those two things are really close to each other. So let's enact a plan on that. Or, But you ultimately have to pick the plan based off of where you're at at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not where you want to be, where yeah. you are. Yeah. Um, so since... It's definitely three separate sports you have to look at. Um, you kind of need to have some kind of benchmark in all three separately. <clears throat> um, so for swimming, there's kind of like two, I think, that are maybe, – maybe there's three things that you, people use to sort of set their their benchmark, um, yeah. threshold, whatever you want to call it. I, I don't know if I want to use I, – I wrote threshold in the notes, but I feel like – you might think it's something other than it is like a benchmark. Um, so in swimming, there's the CSS test. I think we've all done that where it's like a 400 time trial, um, a little bit of a break and then a 200 and you put it into an online calculator and it gives you a time. Um, that's valid. I really like when you're, as you get closer to your event, um, either a thousand or a 1500 yard or meter time trial, um, just cause it's real world, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's, unless you're getting into the Ironman distance stuff, it's pretty close to the actual distance you're going to be swimming in a race. So it gives you, I think that gives you a better idea of threshold. It's probably in that 20 to 30 minute time 
frame also. So like that's sort of where your thresholds normally, you're able to pinpoint them a little bit more accurately. So, um, and then there's some people who really like to use like a test set, you know, I, Dr. John's talked about them before on his YouTube channel, but um, like 10, 10 100s or 10 200s or, you know, some people do three, 300, like something that's in that thousand to 2000 yard range that you can get an idea of like where your number's at, you know, Average so you, it out. yeah. And mm -hmm. so you get an idea of like, okay, this is a pace I can hold for an extended period of time. Um, so use that bike. I think the FTP is the kind of the clear, um, metric that most people use. Some people use something called critical power, but, um, I'd say the majority of people are on 10, uh, FTP. And then for running, uh, your 10 K time, you know, your open 10 K time, not into the end of triathlon, um, is a good, good metric to get you to some kind of, you know, a threshold. <clears throat> I really like, um, the McMillan calculator, which calculates something called V dot. And it just, it looks at race experience, race time, and it calculates, it gives you a score. And then that score helps you figure out your times for everything from like a 400 repeat all the way out to the marathon. And it'll give you splits for everything based on your V dot score. Um, so I really like using that, but you definitely need to have some kind of threshold, um, to start to play with, um, and figure out those times. So, um, and then I think the biggest thing that's going to play a factor in figuring out your pacing guide is what race you're doing, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so if you try and pace your sprint triathlon at the same pace you, uh, do an Ironman, <laughs> one of those is not going to be your best performance. <laughs> uh, with the bike and you have your, your 20 minute FTP, does it make sense to do any kind of longer benchmark if you're going to do a longer race, like a 70.3 or 140.6? I think so. Yeah. Um, so FTP is like the number that you should be able to hold for somewhere between 30 minutes and 60 minutes. Not everybody can hold FTP for an hour and it's still their FTP physiologically. Um, but once you get out towards that end of the power curve, there's really not, it, it's pretty predictable what the change is going to be, you know? So like as you double the time, power goes down by about 5%. So from an hour to two hours. Only 5%. Only, only 5%. It's surprisingly, right? Um, oh. Now that's just for cycling by itself in an all-out effort. Mm -hmm. So if okay. you can hold your FTP for an hour, you can probably hold 95% of FTP for two hours. 95%. Which seems that really seems freaking hard. Really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you do need to have that as part of your training. You can't just be like, oh, I did it for an hour. I now tomorrow I can go do it for two hours. Like that. that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but physiologically, that's about the drop you get. Yeah, I was just asking about benchmarking. Yeah, know, um, so one of the things I do, piece. I have software that I can kind of look at all different um, mean maximal power, like what what they hold for this time, what they hold for that time. And when I'm looking for those 70.3 stuff, I'm not really, I am kind of care about FTP, but I really look at like what's the best two-hour power they've do, they're doing, what's the best three-hour power they're doing, and I want to see those things go up more than I want to see FTP go up. Yeah, so then that begs the question of, you're you're kind of doing the race pace for yourself, but you have your FTP, which is on a, on a trainer most likely, unless you're doing some kind of flat mm -hmm. test outside, and you've got a race that's coming up that's going to be pretty hilly. Yeah. So then, do you? What do you need to think about in terms of either changing the benchmark or how do you think about the FTP benchmark when you have to apply it to, you know, elevation of, let's say 4,000 feet? 
Do we want to get into all that right now? <laughs> when do we want to get into it? <laughs> Let's get into it. Yeah, okay, um, Let's get dirty. Yeah. So what I'll do um, is I'll look at the course and I'll... <laughs> <laughs> you know why I'm laughing? Well, I think I do. <laughs> now, okay. how are you going to look at the course? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yvonne, how am I going to look at the course? <laughs> gotta, gotta. We'll come back to what, how you're going to look at the yeah, course. Okay. okay. Sorry. We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get uh, there. So stay tuned, listeners. Yeah. Go to minute X. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find out why Craig's laughing. I've never uh, seen Greg blush so Yeah, <laughs> I know. In the same color as the drink. You have to be careful what you say around here. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> which we haven't talked about. So, yeah. So it, it depends on the race. Like 4,000 feet of climbing um, can come at you in very different ways. Yeah. You know, 4,000 feet can be a bunch of really short, punchy climbs, or it can be, you know, Natural. a few more sustained climbs. Um, and so like when... Marilyn was getting ready for, yeah. yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about kind of how No, we I was going to compare, or, no, I mean, we can, but I was going to compare um, the first race we did oh, yeah, yeah. with That's Connecticut. Great. They were similar elevation, but completely different Yeah, because of the hills and the pitch of the hills. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. Double <laughs> click on that. Tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> so the one just had ste much steeper climb. Which made it harder, so you have to pace it differently. Fascinating. <laughs> he's, he's pouring, so yeah. he's not <laughs> can't over pour here. and talk at the same time. I know. What were you going to say about it? Me? Yeah. Um, I was just going to say that um, there's still a little bit left. Um, it it really depends on on that. So. The so how should you go about before we get into the it really depends on that thinking about it right you've yeah. got your FTP yeah so in a, in a perfect world the fastest way to ride any course or run any course for that matter is even pacing perfectly steady power the whole way through the problem with that is on a hilly course you aren't going to be able to apply that power downhill mm. right so how do you make up for that? Lack of applying power. Yes, you're going faster, but you're also covering that distance really quick. So you're going to be climbing for a longer period of time. Um, so you're going to need to go over your your goal. Like if my goal is to hold 200 watts for the average power for the race, because I know I can hold 200 watts for three hours, then I'm going to need to kind of use a little bit more than 200 watts on the uphills and a little bit, a lot less potentially on the downhills. How am I going to meter that out depends on the nature of those hills, right? So the shallower and longer the hills are going to be, the less over my goal wattage I'm going to be able to go. The shorter and punchier they are, the more over I can go um, because I'm not going to be climbing for as long. I'm not going to kind of develop that long-term fatigue in a short, punchy climb as I am, but it's also going to add up those short, punchy ones. So like you, you have to be very careful. I think a short, punchy, punchy course is probably the hardest thing to effectively pace and get the fastest time possible on. Yeah. I think it's also hard with like, um, those are harder for me for maintaining nutrition and stuff. Cause it's like, you really can't like take a minute to mm -hmm. refuel cause you're just like up, down, up, down and um, not digesting and you don't want to be like taking anything in while you're, you're really putting a lot of power out. 
It all depends. You can get really thorough and detailed. I mean, for Montremblant, it we it was pretty detailed. Mm-hmm. Um, how? But you just you also have have to pay a lot of attention to your effort that you're putting in. Yeah, yeah. and I think that you get will to help the point where if you're, you you're tied, you know, dialed into what those efforts feel like. Yeah. So for our listeners, another thing to consider as you pace your race is doing the rides on software that mm-hmm. has those races mm-hmm. uh, simulated. Um, you know, I know Ruby has it, Trainer Road has mm-hmm. it, some races depending on which ones you're doing. What's the one you used? Uh, um, no, it wasn't Ruby. It was the other one, the Iron Man one. Um, Called, I don't remember. Full, full gas, full gas, full gas. Yeah, full gas. yeah, full gas. So and like, it was really good. Yeah, were they so like, only Iron Man races for that. They one? have most of the Iron. I don't know if most, but they have a lot of them on there. Yeah. Any non Iron Man races on that one? Yes. Mm, they have co- different courses. Yeah. So you're going to be able. You don't have to ride that course all the time to give mm-hmm. yourself a sense, but you can ride certain sections of it, mm-hmm. so that you know if you're not living in that area. And you get a better sense of your yeah. mm-hmm. um, pacing strategy for that day. And definitely to to Greg's point, you're going to pace differently for a flat course mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, Maryland mm-hmm. uh, versus Montreblanc, right? Because you're going to have a different strategy for it. So that's that's a key thing about like not only thinking about FTP, but the actual event that you're going to do. Uh, what about the run? Um, in terms of hilly, not hilly pace, so like, would do. How it's did you do your runs, Marilyn? Similar. Did, you, did you just think of like, I need to at the end average my whatever pace? I think it, at first you have to look. It's very similar. You have to look at what the hills are like, where they are in the course, and yeah, manage your pace. So I think. One of the things Rich keeps bringing up is this idea of average pace. The hillier the course is, the less average pace is a good metric of of what you're doing. Um, You might have a pace that you're going to think about for the uphills and a pace that you're going to think about for the downhills or a power that you're going to work on the uphills, a power you're going to work on the flats. Um, Because, you know, I, I... kind of bring this back to my classroom. I tell, you know, when we talk about averages, right? Like average is a good metric when all the numbers are sort of kind of clustered. Normal distribution. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The wider that distribution or the bigger your standard deviation gets, the less useful Mm -hmm. average is as a single number. Um, You know, a kid who gets half of their grades are are hundreds and half of their grades are Fs gets a C. That's not a C student, right? Yeah. You know, a C student's a kid who gets all stuff in that C with a couple of Bs and Ds. Like, so average isn't always the best. Um, some of the stuff like with normalized power does a good, decent job of like waiting towards taking out those zeros from the coasting downhill and stuff. Um, but the tougher your race is from that kind of thing, the more, the, the more you have to really focus on your planning and like pay attention to what's going on with it, you know? Because again, you you do, you can't do if you're doing 200 watts uphill, you're going to be going really slow if you're an average size person, or but you can't do it downhill. So like you're going to drive yourself nuts trying to do it. So you have to plan for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So now I think we kind of sidetracked a little bit, but we were going to bring it back to like the specific races, right? The distances really mean a lot in terms of your yeah planning. <laughs> so like. 
shorter ones, what should you be thinking about about there if you're going to do something like a sprint? Um, so I, I think a shorter one, a sprint, like you have to probably, I mean, they're, I think they're always going to have to be like, I have to dial this back, but a sprint the most. I think a sprint, because you're so close to red line the whole time, you have a tendency, like the closer you are to the red line, it's easier to go over it. So you do have to pay pay attention to making sure you're not, you know, yes, the whole race might take an hour and 10 or an hour and 15 minutes, but. One you, 13. Say, <laughs> right? Let's see how long it actually takes. <laughs> you know, but you can't race each event at its absolute limit for the distance that you're covering, right? So you couldn't, if you swam a 250, 250 meter all out swim, what would have happened for the rest of the race? Like it would have been. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for me, I just kind of um, swam comfortably where mm-hmm. I felt like I was moving, but I also just kept in mind that it was like I didn't want to. Um, it, it was nice because it was attainable. It was short enough to say like, okay, this is yeah. not mm-hmm. going to last too long. I knew where my times were, um, but then also just not to wipe myself out. Mm-hmm. And and then also like something like that current that happened. I mean, that was taking a lot <laughs> right. of my energy out, so yeah. I had to adjust for that as well. Um, so, I mean, I, I never try to kill it in the swim just because one, I'm not a strong swimmer and two, I know that I have two more legs to go. So I just want to, you know, be consistent, be strong, um, and then, and move on. Yeah. I think that, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. That's the thing with triathlon. You can't try and have a personal best on all three. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think with the swim and a sprint, you, you can probably swim right at that threshold number, maybe a little bit faster than it, but mm-hmm. right or in that neighborhood. Like you said, you want to have it almost feel easy. And in swimming, like a two or three second per hundred difference in time has a huge difference in feel, right? And mm-hmm. perceived exertion. So dialing it back just that little tiny bit isn't going to cost you much at all in time. So, you know, right at that threshold number is probably okay. As the races get longer, um, I don't, I mean, nobody knows. Do you really know what you're swimming pace yeah. at you know like i get a buzz on my watch time. every 200 and i look at it but <laughs> it's more just for peace of mind than it is for actual pacing rarely am i like oh you're really loafing it or oh you're pushing too hard um it kind of self like so I, I i break it down into feels and like i like to think of swimming like so i, I wrote on this thing like for an olympic and a half those need to be thought of as the same swim wise because they're almost the same distance right 1500 mm-hmm. versus 1900 mm-hmm. um i like to think of your swim should feel strong you know, yeah. you shouldn't ever feel like you're really loafing it. You shouldn't feel like you're winded and like sprinting. It's just strong. Shouldn't be having a conversation in the water either. Just <laughs> well, it's just the voices in my head, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and then I think for the full, it should feel easy because you're going to be swimming for, you know, it's the start of a very long day. So mm-hmm. keep it easy. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't like to put, you know, X percentage of your threshold for those longer ones just because I, I don't think it's realistic you know, who knows, especially open water. Like what if there's a current, what if there's, Mm -hmm. you know, big waves, what if people in your way? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like just start getting up and walking across the, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So with those just go by feel, you know, and I like to think simple with the feels. What about the bike legs for the shorter and longer races? So I did put numbers on these. Um, this is, they're all, the bike numbers are a huge range. Um, but for like a sprint, you're kind of in that 90, to 90 to 92% range for F of FTP. I mean, that's a strong effort. You're going to be pretty moving pretty quick. Um, the faster you are, the higher up the percentage scale you can go. Cause you're out there for less time, you know, so maybe up to 95%. 
98%, maybe. It depends on how long you can hold FTP for, too. Some people whose FTP, they can only hold for 30 minutes, so you need to be close, lower down on the percentage for that. Um, Olympic is probably un, just under 90% for a lot of people. Um, half Ironman, you're looking at the, the generally accepted number is about 85%, but that is skewed a little towards a faster athlete. Um, 75 to 88 or so percent, you know, the pros are probably pushing closer to 90% because they're only on the bike for two hours, mm -hmm. you know, versus three hours. So you have to make that adjustment. Um, the longer you're out there, the lower that percentage has to be. And then for a full, um, you're in like the 67 to eight, maybe 80% is a huge high number, but that's again for people pushing four to four and a half hour bike legs on the Ironman. Mm -hmm. So you got that. Um, I think the biggest thing is like dialing in what you've done in training and see how that feels and be able to try and recreate that on race day. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but how does like heart rate factor into it when it's, when it is race day? Yeah, that's hard. That? I, everybody's different. My heart rate is way elevated on race day. Yeah. So I almost don't pay attention to it. Really? Yeah. Just because it's my, it's, I wish I could be like, oh, every day, every race day, it's five beats higher than it should be, mm -hmm. but it's not like it's, it's so variable. It, mm -hmm. And so I really don't listen to heart rate too much. Um, so other people, if yours is the same, then, then it's a good, good thing to use because yeah. if you start to see that heart rate and that maybe that is where I use it. If I start to see the heart rate drifting up at, you know, mm -hmm. 10 minutes, like, um, <clears throat> at Eagle Man this year, my heart rate was up. I wanted to hit like 155 was kind of like where I thought it would be. And it was more like closer to 160, like 157, mm -hmm. 158, 159 most of the time. Um, and I knew that was okay. Like that four beats off, three beats off, but it stayed there mm -hmm. the whole ride. If I had started to see it creep up at, at the same power, then I would have dialed things back. So I use it. That's kind of where it plays more of a role for me is if I'm seeing some kind of drift and the, you know, it's not getting hotter yeah, you know, I was going to say, because weather can affect it, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah I know it, I was high for AC. Yeah, if the weather is mm -hmm. affecting it, like, you still might you need to dial, to dial it down. Back. So yeah. um, that, for me, is where heart rate's useful, but everybody's going to be different with that. Yeah. yeah. I use heart rate um, because it's pretty much the same race day or, or not. Yeah. So, yeah, I take a look at it because, you know, it's important to know when your body's going to be able to digest versus when it's too high. And whether what the weather is and how it's impacting it, the drift is important. So, I pay more attention to it for sure. Um, but it, it's individual. Yeah, yeah. I mean that makes sense. Um, I know my my heart rate tends to run high, um, but for AC something like that, like it was like ten beats higher than normal. Mm -hmm. Whereas mm -hmm. like yesterday it was high, but like you said, it just kind of sat there, and I felt yeah. okay. Yeah. So it wasn't, um, there was times when I looked down and I was like, I feel like I'm, I'm not okay. Like I was maybe a little bit too excited. And then I, I pulled back a little bit just to make that adjustment. Mm -hmm. um, but outside of that, um, yeah. I could see how that is difficult to depend yeah. and on. And I mean, if you don't have power, that's kind of your only metric mm -hmm. to be using. Um, and again, it comes down to like what you've done in training. I kind of like, I feel like I know what the, you know, 70.3 power or effort should feel like. Mm -hmm. And if my heart rate's elevated, but it still feels right, then I'm okay with it. It's like, if, but if my, if it's like, oh, this feels really hard and my heart rate's elevated, mm -hmm. then maybe it's something to think about. 
yeah. you know, and make an adjustment for. You have to analyze everything. You can't just go by one thing. Right. It is. I mean, my heart rate yesterday was like 185. That's where I go. I mean, you're talking about 155. I'm like, that sounds like. Nice, right? <laughs> like a but, I mean, that's for a half Ironman. I wouldn't be, well, yeah. I wouldn't be at 185 on the bike for a sprint either, but. Yeah, but that's just where yeah. I stand yeah. and someone else might be, I mean, I, I would be on a tricycle if somebody <laughs> was like, you know, but I've always, you know, I've had my heart rate checked. I mean, obviously if people uh, have any heart rate variables, you know, definitely go to the doctor, but I checked it out and it was like, yeah, that's just kind of where I live. Yeah. Um, and I am able to talk, I'm conversational, I'm not feeling it. Um, to me, I have to see it a little bit more because um, be a little bit more subjective, I guess, about it because like in, um, typical terms, like I'm, I'm really high, but I'm also not struggling like someone else who, yeah. if you were in one, I've never gotten that. <laughs> I think, like, yeah, no. I'm just a party. Y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mid one eighties are the danger zone for me. Like it's about to shut down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever even gotten that high. Yeah. It's 175 uh, yeah. maybe. I think it's a, a good thing that like I also know now my lactate threshold. So then you know your first and second inflection point and you kind of, depending on, you know, if it's a sprint race, fine, you can handle it. But if you're talking about longer distances and yeah. you know where your lactate inflection points are, mm-hmm. your heart rate's going to play a bigger, a, a bigger, it's going to be a bigger factor in deciding to p- pull back. Or and the, that's where those heart rates maybe are u- more useful on a hilly course, you know, because you do kind of know like oh um, once i get above like 165 like i'm i'm kind of getting to that danger zone of where like i can't keep that up for all that long so if i'm climbing and i'm at 170 or 175 like you know this is a short lived story at this point you know <laughs> right. so knowing those are are useful okay did we talk about the run or did we not get did we get there did no we, we didn't it? um i think i i mean i have percentages here um maybe i'll just like link this in the show notes or something later, um, instead of just reading them off. I think the biggest thing is you can't expect your run pace in a standalone running race to be what you can run in a triathlon, right? You have to dial Mm -hmm. it back. So like if you can run, um, a 5k at, uh, you know, 5% faster than your threshold, you need to be at like 3% faster than threshold. You need to dial it back two or 3% from your open time to what you can do at the end of a race. Um, and that kind of, the longer the race goes, the more you have to dial it back, mm-hmm. you know? So at the end of an Ironman, you can't be thinking like, oh, I ran, I ran three hours at, in Chicago last year. I can do that at the end of like, you know, like Placid, like it's not happening. You know, <laughs> you're going to be walking the last half of the marathon. Um, one thing that I've kind of heard people talk about is kind of a, a very broad way to get an idea for this is if you're running a 5K, like a sprint triathlon, use your t- open 10K time as a pace goal. If you're running an Olympic, use your open half marathon time as your 10K pace goal at the end of the try. You know, mm. I don't know what you do for an Ironman run then. <laughs> use your 50 mile Pray. time. I, yeah. <laughs> embrace yeah. the walk. Yeah, embrace the walk. I, I you know, um, so there are numbers, you know, percentages out there. Again, you look on the, some of those online calculators and you can find stuff, but you just have to dial it down. Um, and probably the biggest, most important thing you could do is not start too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one study I came across that said that the fastest, this looked at 70.3 and full Ironman 
mar- um, run splits. In the fastest run splits in both of those times, the person was um, within 5% of their average pace for their first mile. They were no more than 5% off in that first mile. Um, so I did the math. If, you're, if your goal is like nine-minute pace, which comes out to like a two-hour, just under two-hour half marathon, if you run that first mile under 8.33, you have a really good chance of blowing up. So mm. don't sprint out of the blocks. And Never a good idea. It's hard. Yeah. And it's really hard because you're amped, you're ready to go. Yeah. Like so you're you were just moving at twenty something miles an mm-hmm. hour on the bike. And like it feels you want to so keep slow. going. Yeah. You know? Your legs won't let you. Yeah. Not on the longer distance. <laughs> they might let you for the they, first mile. They, sometimes, yeah, but it's yeah. Yeah. I mean, John told that story, right? When yeah. he was at AC, he ran out of the blocks at like six minute pace for the first seven yeah. miles and then mm-hmm. blew up. Blew up. You know, and everybody has stories like that. So mm-hmm. you definitely have to take it easy. Um I've started trying to go like way slower than my goal pace in that first mile. And it, it's helped me, I think, because then I feel like I'm speeding up as the mm-hmm. race goes on. Yep. So again, not, not the best pacing strategy from a, do I, am I going to get the absolute fastest time out of myself? But from just a mental aspect of feeling good on the run, it was, it's helpful to come out really slow. Yep. Train. <laughs> That's really useful. Um, that's good, good things to consider. Yeah. Um, now, kind of like having all that, yeah. we haven't even talked about everything that can be considered right. uh, for that particular race. And we thought we'd talk a little bit about those types of things that you know, when people make decisions, they make lists. Like here's, here's, a, here's our list. Here's our list <laughs> of things to, to put on uh, to think about, right? Mm-hmm. We kind of touched on some of them, but I think there, it makes sense too. Talk a little bit more about some of them. Sure. Uh, I'm looking forward to one in particular. No, oh, me too. No. <laughs> I quit. Yvonne, why don't you start? Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you going to put down on paper? Yeah. Um. I mean, you have to know what you're getting into, right? Right? So you got to do a little... How how are you going to find out? What do you what do you do? <laughs> how do you look at the course? <laughs> yeah. How do yeah. you find out? What is what, what is, is the word for that? <laughs> I don't know how to say this word. Okay. <laughs> so can we hear all the ways that you might want to say this word? Let our listeners decide what the right way is. Yeah. Um, Let them well, write in and clearly tell us. the yeah. right way is none of the ways. <laughs> That I have said this. Maybe word. they are. I don't even know why I said this out well, loud. Give it a try because maybe you'll get it right. You're this right time. The, because the reaction from us would have been so much better had we not heard the other three ways that you might come out with this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> sounds like um, <laughs> I can't even reconnaissance. <laughs> what was that again? I'm sorry. This, this, this Reconnaissance? Headset keeps going out. How did, how did that go? One more try. I'm trying like hooked on phonics. <laughs> did not work for me. Um, re, re, it, it, like recon. 
That okay. works. That works. Reconnaissance. <laughs> I thought she had it. I thought we were going to get there. Get I thought so too. Reconnaissance. There, that's close. That's really close. Now just make it smooth. Reconnaissance. 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 Oh, boy. Uh, Let's go with course recon. That's funny. Yeah. That's good. Yes. All right, everybody, make sure You're you welcome. do all of those things that she just said. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never forget that word again. Oh, do my it. God. Um, Every yeah. pretty much every race you're going to do, as far as I've ever seen, there, there, you're going to be able to start with some sort of like information about it online. You're mm-hmm. going to have course That's maps. One of the you're best things you could do. Yeah, elevation, right? Everything there. Google map it. Mm-hmm. Everything's there. That's- There's also um, a couple of times when we've had to do like race packet pickup. It obviously doesn't work when you have a uh, a race that you're doing long distance. It you know it, somewhere else. Um, but, uh, I know people that when they were picking up packets here, they were driving the course, uh, mm-hmm. same thing when we did NJ state, mm-hmm. we drove the course just to familiarize ourselves with the area and, um, you know, uh, get comfortable with, with everything. So if you have an opportunity and you're able to get there, definitely take advantage, even though it's easier to get the packet mailed to you, it, it's nice to take a ride when you can and just do some map out the course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> reconnaissance yep um when uh, every uh long race that we've done we've driven the long mm-hmm. bike course and just the idea of like has is there going to be any shade on this thing and like i, I could tell right away mm-hmm. when we were in maryland I'm like there's no shade on yeah. this course mm-hmm. it's gonna be hot if it's hot yep any kind of sketchy corners like road mm-hmm. conditions like i'm not going to remember every pothole but like yeah. you know if we go through a one mile stretch of like really crappy road like that's something i'm going to remember it's you know, little stuff like that's important. There's also like Facebook groups and stuff like that that definitely mm-hmm. participate with because people are willing to share mm-hmm. their experience. And um, sometimes those things get crazy. Yeah, sometimes it's, Some it's of the things much. people put on there is like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, you know, it's like someone that gives a bad review for something yeah. and they're like, yeah. you know, I never used it, but I gave it a one. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> um, so, you know, obviously take it with a grain of salt, but there's some stuff like, you know, from what they say, and I'm banking on it, North Carolina, which we're doing in um, October. They say that the in October is mm-hmm. it? Yeah, yeah. In October. Um, the uh, the swim is is pretty uh, easy. Yeah. It's it's flat. The mm-hmm. you know the current moves with you. The so. Swim is always pretty flat. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think she just pretty, meant like open ocean waves. waves. Pretty like, hard for a down, right, downhill swim. You know what? Um, that would be nice though. Uh, I think she just meant like no I, waves. Yeah, no waves. Yes. Okay. Like flat, been, flat water. Yeah. Flat water. Yeah. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I love being able to ride, uh, drive the course ahead of time on the bike. Any sharp corners, like just you know, stuff that's going to make your, your race a little smoother. As we were setting up uh, for the course, there, was someone there were people yeah. checking it out. There was a guy saw that the it. Yeah. it helps with the anxiety too. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. you know, once uh-huh. you, uh, I always get in my head of like trying to figure out how everything's going to go and that um, when I can see it, it's like, okay, it just uh, makes me a little bit more mm-hmm. at ease. Yeah. We've already talked about like the course profile we just mentioned, right? It's mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about in in the things that we said about the different distances, knowing there um you're gonna do different pacing strategies for different distances. Clearly your sprint is not gonna be the same as a one forty point six. So think about that. And another thing to think about is um like your previous performances. Yeah, that's probably the best. I mean, one of, especially if you've done that race or something similar, 
like going looking at those things are are really important. Yeah, if you've done one flat race, you're going to do something very similar that's also flat, right? Mm-hmm. Same distances you can pull on that history and and see if well what you can to be either do the same or do different or change yeah. your training what you're going to do. Um and we talked in the beginning of the episode about your experience. Experience is a big deal. So first yeah. race is going to be different than your 10th race. Who's got another one? Well, I mean, you could, goal time is important. Um, kind of mentioned it at the beginning. It's James' favorite. Yeah. James always <laughs> likes to hold Put your, a bet on him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, how many of you got, like, when you guys come up with your goal times, how do you go about doing it? Based on past, yeah. <clears throat> past experience. I mean, you guys know, I don't try, I don't, I usually don't try and set, a specific goal time. I mean, I do like, oh, I wish I could do this, but I don't know. I, I do it more by, <clears throat> I look at what pace I think I could do mm-hmm. as opposed to goal time because goal time could change the day of so many things yeah. could interfere and then you get caught up on that goal time. Right. Yeah. I like to think of goal time in, I think, four or five different little mini goals. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Because if you say your goal is, let's say, for a 70.3 to do, I don't know, less than six hours, and you have that goal, if you have a really bad swim or a really bad bike, then all of that is just in one number. Yeah. But if you break it up and say, okay, my goal for the swim is to do, I'm making up numbers, 30 minutes, and then you kind of hit that goal, you're like, cool, I hit that goal. And then you say... You know, T1 for this race is like a mile away from from swim, so I have to wear shoes to get there. Again, that can overall goal just mm-hmm. kill it. But if you if you break it up, you can yeah. say, okay, my right. goal for transition is <clears throat> one minute or three minutes mm-hmm. or ten minutes, and then your goal for for the bike is whatever. Then you, you then you kind of hopefully hit that one, and that feels good. And yeah. then the run, and overall, if you've put it together, it, it works out. That's what I'd rather out. look at yeah. it like that in smaller pieces. Like this is the goal swim I want to have. This is my goal pace and have a range of yeah. what my power is going to be on the bike and a range of what my run's going to be, and then see how well mm-hmm. it comes together. Yeah, that's the way I do it. Exactly like you said. I don't come up with a goal time for like an overall goal yeah. time until I've worked through all the different parts and like, okay, my swim goal, my bike goal, my run goal. And then I'm like, oh, that ends up at this. Okay. That's now my goal, you know? And like you said, little things can change here and there, but mm-hmm. I kind of hope like, oh, if I'm a little bit slower in the swim that something good, good will happen on the bike or whatever. And maybe I'll still end up there or maybe I won't, but the overall time is just the sum of the parts that I kind of work on. Yeah. I always try to just, um, depending on the distance, like just try to match where I was depending Mm -hmm. on the race, take some factors into consideration. But most likely from when I did my last race, I'll look at those numbers and just say, where could I have improved? You know, Mm -hmm. what can I really have done better? Mm -hmm. So um, yesterday when I looked at my numbers, I I know where I am with running. And I was like, you know what? My running really at this point like there's always room for improvement but that's really i was happy with that run because i was like that's that that was better than i expected and that's kind of where i live i know i'm mm-hmm. not going to take two minutes off of my run time so mm-hmm. but right. if i can keep you know work focusing on that number and making that a little bit better and and um but i also know that that same time isn't going to be the same for my my 70.3 right. mm-hmm. so i can make those adjustments and um 
take that and look at my last 70.3 and say, if I can, you know, be in some little range, Mm -hmm. then I'll be, I'll be happy with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think there's like lots of value to what you just said, where if you take, like you just had a good 5k at the end of a race, like you take that and you're like, okay, so I held, I don't, I don't know what your time was, but like you held a certain time. You can plug that into an online calculator Mm -hmm. and that like now will predict out okay, you're, if you did that, your half marathon time should be this, mm-hmm. right? So now you at least get an idea of where you can be if you do the training to get up to that point. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you might get a little bit faster, but theoretically you should be able to do, if you did 30 minutes, you should be able to do two hours and 10 minutes or whatever the numbers are. Yeah. Now at least you have like, okay, so my trip, that's, you know, 940 pace. So let me run some ra- runs at 940 pace. And like, just like it, it get, lets you get that, turn that goal time from just a pie in the sky dream yeah. to like, what does it actually feel like? How can I actually do it? How can I get there? So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned something really key there, right? Doing the training because you've now figured out, let's say for your 70.3, what your pace is going to be doing some training at that pace, which mm-hmm. will just keep predictor yeah. and, feels and like. effort yep. for, for the race mm-hmm. and kind of touched upon the being realistic about your fitness level. Yeah. Where it's going to be. A funny story that just reminded me of a couple of weeks ago, we did a track workout and um, we were following times. And I think Rich thought we were at a different distance pace. And he's like, I love you. You can't run that fast. And I was like, but it's supposed to be for like 5K. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. I, he's like, you can't run that fast. I was like, I know. I was dying on the inside. I'm like, what is going on? Here? <laughs> But, you know, you need you know, friends who are honest and yeah. keep you honest if you're living that pipe dream. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Um, anything else for goal time? I think that's don't, the yeah. one thing I will say. Don't pick a nice round number. Yeah. There's because people get in, in the, oh, I want to break four hours in the marathon. Oh, I want to break three hours. Oh, I want to go under six hours. I want to like in whatever. There's no unless your numbers happen to line up for that. Mm-hmm. it's a completely unuseful you goal. You have to be realistic. Yeah. Right? It's totally arbitrary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's a nice round number. So it's like, oh, I, I don't want to see sixes in front of right. my race. I want to see a five. Like, okay. I just want to be able to tell your friends something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, go where the numbers kind of point you or lead mm-hmm. you. And, mm-hmm. and it is what it is. What's next? I think maybe we talk about some race day conditions. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right, because um, all of that race planning in the um, calculators or anything I've seen doesn't really consider whether it's going to be rainy or mm-hmm. freezing and you can't feel your legs. You know, I've, yeah. I've heard of some crazy races where people were like buying jackets the night before. Oh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, the Iron Man tent, like the merchandise tent has to love days like that, oh, right? right? Could you imagine? Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, it's going to rain. Let's sell some yeah. $300 raincoats. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big deal because if it's hot, um, we were talking about this before, mm-hmm. and you and you have heart rate drift, and yep. then you can need to dial back on the run, and you're going to need to um, consider icing yourself. And if there's ice on the on the course, if you're doing something long, yeah, even if you're doing super short, you know, and you're trying to go really fast on the bike, uh, as a risk analyst, maybe you want to consider <laughs> how fast you're going to take those turns or mm-hmm. those UEs, right? And yeah. and yeah, that's going to affect your overall time. And if you plugged it into the calculator, it says one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on race day, it's going to be a 
different. Yeah. Yeah. No, on the PV try course, uh, you weren't able to pass people at certain spots, yeah. a couple spots. Right. And those are all things that you kind of don't know until you get there. And mm -hmm. yeah, there are a couple of times where I knew <clears throat> that we had to stay single file and I was either, you know, uh, neck and neck with another rider. And I was like, can I take this person out before we have to go single file and if I could I'd, I'd make sure I went up ahead and then if not I, I had mm -hmm. to pull back because I'm like I'm going to waste too much energy trying to pass this right. person might as well just take the break during the mm -hmm. single file and then I can you know really mm -hmm. push out afterwards yeah those are the kind of real time yeah. things um, that also um, I know for me it was um, mentally hard it kind of ties in a couple of things um, when we did NJ State the whole weather uh, thing mm -hmm. where it was uh, inclement weather and they were even debating whether or not they should have the race and then the Olympic that we had initially signed for that I was preparing for ended up turning into a sprint. Yeah, so like, you, so now you your pacing changes. Yeah. Like you planned did you for one pace. For yeah, what I did you do? I did, I did. Um, I mean, it, it, it was doable obviously it was less it's not like you're ever gonna get more distance on race day <laughs> <laughs> so that was like okay but I realized you know I had to push a little bit harder or I could push a little bit harder um like I said I wasn't really familiar with the sprint so I'm I'm used to like kind of you know sitting back on my heels and, and riding yeah. it out um so knowing that I would have to go a little bit faster uh, or I could go a little bit faster I wanted to take advantage I think the hardest thing for me was like the nutrition mm -hmm. because I was planning Mm -hmm. you know, more nutrition than I needed. Um, so still not really feeling hungry enough because it's so quick, yeah. but knowing that I still had to um, mm -hmm. fuel myself uh, to because I was pushing myself harder mm -hmm. um, and then trying to gauge how would it have been different if I had done the Olympic. So mm -hmm. it was like really weird. Um, it, I was kind of bummed because I was like, ah, I really wanted to uh, test myself again against my numbers the last time I had done it. Um, but yeah, mentally it was, it was interesting. Yeah. I never experienced yeah, that. Yeah. I think that, and those are the kind of things, those curveballs get thrown all the mm -hmm. time where they cancel the swim because it's rough conditions or something like that. Like how do you, can you adjust on the fly for that? And yeah. And sometimes they make it like a run, bike, run, right? Where yeah. you have to yeah. run twice. I've heard like, of those. And yeah. thankfully I haven't <laughs> been <laughs> in those. That happened last year at Tough Man. Heroin. Yeah. Right. Because oh, the right. pool, uh, the, the, water the, was... yeah, the water was so bad quality. Mm -hmm. They cut the swim, but they made it a, a duathlon. So it's like, you know, how do you. Nobody signs up for that. Tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. An easy way to get some podiums, right? <laughs> yeah. Just sign up. Um, yeah. yeah. But um, you talked about the nutrition and hydration plans. That's something to think about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just one last. I, I want to get one last thing in on the race day conditions. It's almost you're always going to have to just slow it down. Like, yeah. There's very rarely are the conditions going to change in a way where you're like, oh, now I can really go. <laughs> like, right. Almost everything you do is going to make you have to ease off a little bit more. Unless it's colder, and then you can yes. do a little bit faster. You can do a little, but like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm always like, I you always- You do the same that you plan probably. Yeah, I, I always yeah. like pick my numbers based on ideal, right? Yeah. And then I adjust off of ideal, and yep. that's always going to be slower. Yes. You know? Okay, sorry. No, that was- So now nutrition, hydration- We were we talking about that, yeah. Mom was talking about it for her um, Ninja State. Yeah. Yeah, it should align your nutrition and hydration um, to the course. So 
like one of the things that's a specific point is usually in races, they will tell you where the aid stations are. Mm -hmm. So on the run, you need to think about, okay, am I doing run walk? How am I doing the aid station? Mm -hmm. So that's something to definitely plan for because it'll affect in the longer races way more than in the shorter races. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think of other things with that. Like it kind of ties into race day conditions. Like if it's hotter, you're going to need, you're going to need more, more hydration. hydration. Um, if, if you're James, you're just going <laughs> to always, need, always need more. Um, <laughs> if it's colder, you, you still need it, but maybe not as much like, and I think that's why it's important. Um, and I think we all kind of do this where we separate hydration and nutrition yeah. because mm -hmm. like <clears throat> my nutrition needs really aren't going to change. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to need the calories I'm going to need, but my hydration needs are going to vary drastically based on conditions. So you can nutritionally only take in so much and then you kind of pace that. But mm -hmm. hydration wise, like you said, is going to be it's going to vary. Whatever totally that day is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love having the um, timer on my watch. I set yeah. it for every yeah. 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah, because yeah, mm -hmm. it's like sometimes you're just, you, you think you're okay. And it's like, even if you don't need it per se, it's like you, you probably don't know if you need it. If it's colder, I know I don't drink as much yeah. when it's cold out because, you know, I'm cold. So right. um, I just at least take a little swig of something so that I'm, I'm mm -hmm. keeping up with it. And uh, same thing with uh, nutrition. Um I just make sure that every 15 minutes, I think it's like every 15 minutes I hydrate and every 15, the alternate 15 minutes I drink and hydrate so that yeah. I can digest. Mm -hmm. I, I really wish I could set two different yeah. alarms. You can. On. I have two. You, you have, can set multiple alarms. Like a food and a drink? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have them separate. It says eat and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Oh. It says drink. <laughs> you could set more than one alarm. Why, does, why do I not do that? That's a good question. I don't know. Let's find out. Let's do some mm -hmm. reconnaissance. <laughs> reconnaissance. <laughs> um, yeah, I. You go in and just add a new alert. I feel like there's a reason why it didn't work. Okay, next time. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, because Check I, I, uh, I do odd even, so I know that pretty much on the odd, let's say ten to, on the tens, thirties, fifties. That's good. Water. I find on the bike time mm -hmm. goes so quickly. Yeah. So if I don't have it, I forget. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I my. For 70.3s, my standard thing is every 15 minutes I'm taking a gel, the equivalent mm -hmm. of a gel. Mm -hmm. And then every 10 I'm taking water. Water. Mm -hmm. um, I have it opposite. So that like, I guess that, you know, that should still work, right? I should be able to have like at 10, 20, it should say drink and then yeah. at 15, 30. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Now what happens at 30 when both of them go off? They'll both go off. You drink and you eat. No, yeah. I, know, I know how that works. <laughs> I got that yeah. figured out. Um, but I want like the alarms. I have mine every 10 to eat because I take a little bit at a time and then every mm -hmm. 15 to drink. So at the hour, <clears throat> those go off at those the same time? Those will go off. And they I both mean, go off? I don't know. Okay. And half hour too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Half I mean, hour. when in doubt. Just, <laughs> just yeah. eat just and drink. drink. Eat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the just listeners are really drink. interested with my <laughs> inability to understand Please write concept. in and tell us how you plan your timer. You understand everything else. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm allowed to be confused about some <laughs> things, yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, do you shut them off or do you just let them go? Or They just go. No, no, it just goes it on It goes throughout, like, the time that yeah. you're... Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, like, as it goes, do you have to click no. it or no, do anything? No, it goes away. No. no, nothing. It just goes away. So when it goes away, does the other one pop up yeah i think so mm -hmm. that's what happens. we're gonna find out yeah mm -hmm. so you're um we'll find out on sunday <laughs> oh my gosh i don't set my time i don't have it on my head unit 
I don't have those oh. for when we're riding, like just normal rides. Oh, that's right. I, I have it on. So I, I have it on both. If, and, okay, that's what I was gonna. So when I, was I run, if it's the watch. When I run, it's on my watch, and when I both drink bike. and eat. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. She gets four alarms. Her <laughs> computer and phone's <laughs> going off. Her watch's going off. Marla's just always eating, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Food is good. <laughs> like I never forget to eat. Why do I need an alarm? I mean, now, whenever she's like Pavlov, and like whenever <laughs> something rings, she's like. <laughs> That sounds about right. <laughs> Morning so alarm hungry. goes off. She reaches for that goo. Oh, I was sandwich, not goo. <laughs> Just like a little yeah. toaster right. oven next to her bed. <laughs> Just a toaster Dang, strudel that's pops my alarm. up. That's her alarm. <laughs> Do you ever see the office Pop where tart hits her in the head? <laughs> any office fans where they have like the George Foreman girl? He like cooks bacon. Oh, I used to morning. have that. <laughs> I think anybody who's about our age, age had a George Foreman girl. Yeah. 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 Oh uh, moving on from nutrition and hydration, let's talk about the transition times, you know. I like talking it, about food. Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about? Transition? Yeah. Well, it's going to be different. Like, great. Right? Some transitions, they tell you to bring shoes. I always... I'm, 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 what? Yeah, you, you deal with it. Like You don't bring shoes. You don't bring shoes. You just do it. I've what done one to for walk? transition. Oh. Yeah, like there was one, I think Six Flags was like that. It was like a mile or something away from oh, the swim. I mean, if it's going to be like that. And then yeah. you wow. just like bring yeah, shoes and stars to do that. The mm-hmm. You guys did, con- yeah, the Connecticut yeah. one was with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you had to put shoes on to like get to. It was a quarter mile uphill gravel, gravel road. <sighs> Run to transition. It was like they were like, "How hard can yeah. we make? How can we make this suck even more?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just, and so when everybody went in the water, they took one shoe away. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they made it harder. I, like I could just grab anyone's shoe. I'm like, I don't have time looking for my shoe. Yeah. You know, <laughs> whatever. It's yeah. like, how many hokas can I like uh-huh. pull out? <laughs> yeah. That's um. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, I hope it's not. Well, transition's going to be weird for North Carolina, right? Yeah, that's like going to some... be a challenge. Like, that's something that's going to have to go into planning. Two separate locate T1 and T2 oh, are yeah. different. Yeah. That's going to um, be stressful. There's a decently long run from mm-hmm. the water to T1. Yeah, challenge. Yeah. But mm-hmm. those people who plan for it can uh, make up time. You know, I think a transition is a huge place to save time, right? Um and right I'm, off the bat, yeah, but eventually you or, do or get to lose time, return. or to lose time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and I, I'm kind of fall into that category a lot of times. I think because like I get run, people run past me mm. hard out of the water in yeah. transition, and that's just I for whatever reason I can't get my legs moving. I can't like, I feel like I'm still in the water as I'm yeah. trying to run, and I feel like that's definitely spot. Like once I get to my bike, I'm usually pretty quick and efficient at getting it back, getting onto the bike. But that run. It, Same. I'm, I'm not really have a hard either. time with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just something I got to practice, but I don't, you know, I don't know where you or how you practice that other than go in the water, run out, go back, yeah. run out, go back, run out. Sounds like no fun. <laughs> go back, run out. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, figure out those transitions. I think you also have to decide like what's more important. Um, you know, if you are uh, looking to be comfortable, especially for the longer distance ones, it's mm-hmm. like, is it important to you to take the time to make sure you have everything you know, if you're going to put on any body glide or anything like that. Uh, hey, Yvonne has cue cards. <laughs> I 
I do. That's right. We've talked about your cue cards. I have, you know, but um, <laughs> I still had them out on Saturday. Did but you? Yeah. Wait, wait, you had them for this race? I did. You I don't like race. necessarily need to like look at them, but I do glance at it and just say like, mm-hmm. what do I need for this? And I've also like minimized my needs. I actually was thinking about how much more efficient I've gotten at transition of what I really need. Uh-huh. But again, I mean, if I... Um, for the sprint, you know, I had an extra pair of socks, but I, I felt okay. And I just threw my sneakers on. So it's like, if it was longer, I might've switched my socks to drier pair, especially cause it was like a little wet. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it just depends on. Wait, so you'll use two pairs, two pairs of, of socks, socks in a race? Not like on top of each other. No. <laughs> you would change your socks. You change between socks the bike and from what bike I do, socks to run socks? No, no. I don't use bike socks. I use like the same socks, but two different pairs sometimes, but I put them oh, in my sneakers. Oh, that's what I mean. I mean, just. Yeah. Yes, so yeah. you wear one pair of socks on the bike, switch into a new pair of socks if, for the run. If I'm like feeling like I need to switch. Just need to freshen up. Yeah. So like what <laughs> no, no, I no, did it's was. I go with the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> the bike shoes need my one ripples. pair of socks. Um, I usually put them in my shoe so that I can just like rip yeah, off I my shoe and sock yeah. and then I put my shoe on. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I didn't need it. So then I just threw my socks out and put my shoes on. So huh. I'm, I'm pretty like efficient with it. Huh. So, I mean, what do I know? I didn't wear you socks didn't wear and got socks. freaking blisters. Uh, you need to, I can't. You need to set some alarms and put on some socks. <laughs> yeah. Henry didn't wear socks. He got blistered too. Oh. But he won. So, like, I know. Is it worth yeah. it? I'm not, so well, that's the he thing. was I'm walking not around winning. after with only one shoe on. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's it. Did like, he win, though? Did he, he did he win. He did win. He was fast. <laughs> then it's worth it. Yeah, I won too. You did know, with you fresh did. socks on, <laughs> no blisters, <laughs> and no blisters. Exactly. So you do have to decide. Like, are yeah. you in it for yeah. speed? Are you, mm-hmm. you know, I know you can tape your your band your shoes up and and do that. I haven't quite figured that out. Flying um, mounts. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. pretty crazy. We'll get a video up. Yeah, yeah. That's my next fun. thing. I want to learn. Agile for that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Mental we, strategy. We had a whole episode on mental strategy, but yeah. that's you know that that plays a big part in a flat course versus hilly course, I open think, ocean. Yeah, that's a big part of it. All I, of it. I think slow. like the I think the planning and having a good laid out plan helps with the mental Talk. strategy because mm-hmm. now you have things to think about other mm-hmm. than just like oh my legs feel like shit mm-hmm. oh I feel like I'm good can't breathe like oh you're constantly like checking in with how yourself. are you inside my head <laughs> <laughs> right you're constantly checking in with yourself like I have on the bike one of the things I do is I set um, an auto split for every uh, right now it's like every three miles and mm-hmm. I knew like for um, Eagle Man I was like okay it's a flat course so my t- my splits should be pretty even other than the wind. And I'm like, okay, to hit my goal time, I need to see eight minutes or less every three miles. And it's like, okay. And that like every every eight minutes, something was uh, between that, between eating. my eating and drinking, like I was constantly thinking about stuff. I'm watching mm-hmm. my heart rate. Like I'm checking in with those things. I'm not like, oh, we're only 10 mm-hmm. miles in. We're, you know, like the you almost don't make room for the mental like Suck. demons to creep in because you're busy thinking of other things. It's like when you're at work and you're busy at work, the day flies by. You know, so I think that's one. The planning of it by yeah. itself just helps with the <clears throat> mental strategy. Mm-hmm. I always like to visualize my performance um, mm-hmm. 
you know, whether I know the course or not, I just try to visualize what I know I'm able to do. When you're on the course? No, before. Okay. Like beforehand. Yeah. Like always like the night before, the morning yeah. of, like I'm just always like envisioning myself finishing everything. Like I yeah. know I can do it. I know I can run. I know I can bike, you know, so I just like envision myself doing those things and then that is what I pull on when I'm actually doing it because it's like I've been here I saw this I, I yeah. did this um you know the venue might not be exactly the same but um I I just kind of go over through it over and over in my head like you know or I'll put myself in I mean that's where training is key because mm-hmm. you can always like put yourself in that scenario that you're in yeah um I I think of when I have uh, 5K to go, I think of the route I do by my house. It's like, all right, if I was, mm-hmm. you know, running it around my house, this is where I'd be right now. Mm-hmm. So then, like, I just kind of uh, try to create this like parallel universe for myself, mm-hmm. and that's what gets me going. So I'm like, all right, you're this much in, you're you're this much in, um, and and just playing those little mind games to familiarize myself mm-hmm. with things. Um, when we swim at the lake or something, I'll say, okay, like this is just me being in that lake and mm-hmm. and visualization, uh, exactly. yeah. Yeah, definitely helps. I did that too on the run. Yeah. Like, okay, we have <clears throat> a mile left. This is four laps. Yeah. So I think of the track, like four laps is nothing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to use it when in training, like visualizing what I think the race is going to be like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. like so. so in mm-hmm. the middle of a hard set or hard interval or something, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, come race day, this is what it's going to feel like. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel that wind blowing through your hair. You're going to feel how fast it's moving, like all that stuff I like yeah. to use. And that helps me get through you know, hard training set. Yeah. This might be a little like extreme, but like I said, when I, <laughs> let's hear it. We like that. <laughs> when I hurt my toe, <laughs> my little pinky toe, um, I had, How I hurt, did you hurt your toe? <sighs> I hurt my little pinky toe because like a little, <laughs> little table fell on it. <laughs> Just like landed right on my toe. Oh. And it was right before we had a ride and it hurt really bad. I thought like, I mean, immediately I was like, that's it. I'm done. Like just, I'm not going to be able to do Ramapo Rally. I'm not going to be able to do it. Like my training is done. I was picturing myself. I'm like, I'm going to be doing a lot of swimming because I can't do anything. <laughs> oh, toe. Yeah. Like it was just, you know, whatever. So the next day I'm like, okay, let me see how it feels. And I pretty much determined I could tell I can move it. I'm like, it's not broken. Um, so uh, I went for a, I had a three mile uh, run and I had a bike before that. So I said, let me try to do the biking on the trainer just in case if it's too hard I can always stop. And I felt okay. And then same thing with the run. Uh, I was actually going for a run with my husband. And he's like, oh, you should like rest it. I'm like, you know what? If this was the day before race day, like I have to see how mm-hmm. much I can take. And I'm like, I know it's not broken. If it's bruised, like it's just going to hurt. Like what can I do? And I just ran on it. And it was honestly, I like, uh, I've had worse runs. On. <laughs> like I've had more painful runs. Like this hurt really bad, but it wasn't like the worst run I've ever had. But it's like, I put myself in that position because I'm like, if I had a cramp, if I, you know, I know poor Rich, he like <laughs> demolished his toe for oh, AC. God. <laughs> oh, God. Now, now you're episode. bringing up his toe. Yes. God. It is. Yes. I mean, that's like this was premeditated. <laughs> this was 100% premeditated. That's terrible. That toe is going to oh, go down in history. As <laughs> thought I needed to say it when she said stand up during the swim. Oh, man. my God. Oh, no. This was 100% uh, premeditated. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. But like, so. I was thinking about it. We're like, damn, that sucks. Like, you have to like you just do, it. do the 13 miles on your shredded toe. Embrace the suck. Yeah. That was the motto that day. Yeah. So so if I happen to injure my toe during my my race, I'll be like, hey, you got this. You did it. 
Thanks okay, for bringing yeah. a great story down with Rich's toe. <laughs> yes. It was a good story. It only made it point. so much better. Five stars. All our <laughs> oh listeners said so. I got you Would back. not recommend Thank it. you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think a lot of the other stuff we, we sort of talked about, but we should keep going in terms of, um, you know, your race goals also, right? Yeah. You want to set your performance goals. So what you want to do in terms of like what your best is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And then actually like your goal for... We, I think we all kind of talk about it in different ways, like the process of the race, right? Yep. Like either it's like your watch is going off and in the water and you're like, oh, my whatever 200 split is this and what's my effort or on the bike, like checking in, I need to be doing five miles every whatever, whatever your thing, your time is mm-hmm. and checking in on that. And you're kind of like that execution of your, of your race is another goal and it, it occupies your mind, right? Yeah. And you've got to listen to your body the whole time through. So, you know, sometimes numbers are the numbers, but mm-hmm. if uh, you feel like you're slushy in your stomach and mm-hmm. something, maybe like nutrition <laughs> changes a little better. Yeah. Something happens that way, right? And then listen, some days you're the hammer and some days you're the nail. Yeah. And yeah. you have to be okay with that. I say sometimes you're the windshield and sometimes you're the bug. Uh-huh. <laughs> same same thing. Yeah. But that's something yeah. you should do even throughout training so that yeah. when the race comes, you know what you're feeling. Because if you just pay attention to that on race day, you're not going to know right. what you're feeling. For sure. Yep. Um, you have negative splits on here. I do. I think it's a nice goal to have. I think it's yeah. nice to consider being able to do that. And I think you sort of set it with your run, right? You make sure your first mile is yeah, way slower so that I think you're planning on that negative split on your back end of the run. Not not really. Uh, yeah, you are. Negative split is that every, every mile you get faster and faster as the race goes. Yeah, or at least the first half, first is, half or the second half yeah, is faster, faster than, than the first. first half. I just think in reality it's... You can do it. No, I, I, and I don't know. I don't, For an ollie, you can do it. The research says it's not the fastest way to run. Or to to pace. It's so difficult. It's not going to get you the fastest time. Um, I do think from a mental aspect, though, there's value in thinking about trying to do it just because it will hold you back to probably where you should be at the beginning. You know, it keeps you from going out too fast, maybe. Um, So if that's like thinking about trying to negative split, if that results in you even splitting, then that's a good thing. Um, but but then do you look at the end of the race and say like, oh, I didn't negative split and get down on yourself because you like I don't know. Everybody, it might not be a goal, but it, it you know it might be something you can. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, like hold for, yourself to. For me, I want I want it even, and like I'm gonna go a little bit slower in the first mile, and then. Hold it. Hold it. And I think in the longer the race gets, the more difficult it is because you get more and more tired by the end comes. And that's a lot of pressure to get to, you know, 10 miles where it starts in being like, oh, well, I want a negative split. I want to be faster. It's it's just a lot. I feel like it's a lot of, I don't know, unneeded pressure almost. Yeah. Like if it's about, if it's about performance, then I want to, like, and I've never done this. So I'm like, I might be just talking out of my ass, but like, let's look at, Every winner of every triathlon, like 70.3, Ironman, whatever, you know, one, like how many of them negative split yeah. any, you know, the run. Um, one of the 
goals that I say and not negative splits, but I want to do this. I've never done it because of like cramping and stuff like that, but I want my last mile to be my fastest. And I try for it. Mm-hmm. Does hasn't happened yet, but I'm not giving up on that goal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just it's a it's a silly little yeah. thing. But no, like, and and I'm like I want my last mile. I don't think there's the anything fastest. wrong with that idea. Mm-hmm. Um because like if that's your goal, then you reach that goal. Does that result in the fastest overall time? Probably not. But if it's It'll something you, you need good. to do for yourself to make to again to make yeah. you feel better, to build some confidence, to help you go into the next race saying like Hey, you know what? I ran eight minute pace, and at the end, I ripped off a seven minute mile. Mm-hmm. Like now, I can do seven fifties for the whole race, and yeah. like, like that's going to help you in that the long run. That means I have run. energy to right. do that right. last right. mile. You know, I, I've accidentally done it, and I say it because it's not my plan going in. But when I get to that end, all right, if I feel good, okay, yeah, huh. let's go. But that just probably means that I pace the beginning correctly, mm-hmm. or even too slow, or maybe too slow. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I've had that happen in a time trial on the bike before where. I had, a, I see the 1K to go sign at the end of a 40K time trial and I'm like, let's go. And I punched it and like, I should not have been able to do it. And man, mm-hmm. I didn't put right. enough into it. And it was mm-hmm. one of those, I, I think I've talked about it on the show before. It was one of the best days I've ever had on a bike. And I like get into it, put my watts where they should be. And I'm like, nope, too easy. Bump it up by 10 watts. Nope, too easy. Bump it up by another 10 watts. And I'm like, I don't, I'm scared to go harder but I still had it left at the end. And I'm like, oh, what could I have done? Like mm-hmm. I was just on one yeah. of those special days. Yeah. But, you know. It's Does cool that frustrate you more? Because then you're like, oh, I could have pushed it more. Well, this happened in 2007 and I'm still talking about it. So <laughs> I guess there's a little bit there that wonders what I could have done. Yeah. Um, like James, but, he's got a score to settle with that one. Yeah. <laughs> James has it with every, every race. race. <laughs> Even the races he doesn't do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think like the idea of a negative split is probably more of a valuable thought than the execution mm-hmm. of a negative split. But I, you know, And I mean, that's what, you know, consider aiming for a negative split, which is, you know, I think that's a good aim. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, We've talked about reconnaissance. (laughs) It's a strange time period in our our quad pod history. It came right after the dark ages. (laughs) Listen, it's spelled the same, basically. (laughs) Yep. It's great. That's what the French were walking around saying. <laughs> yep. Wait, just to be clear, I knew it was a different word. <laughs> like I just couldn't say it. Yeah, we all have those. We we stare at a sure. word that's spelled, and you're like, "What the hell?" That is was that? that was me yesterday with some of the names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the word. Like Rich, what? I can't pronounce this. Name. <laughs> um, the next thing we have on here has got to be the most important. Maybe it, I think it's the most important thing we're going to talk about practice pacing during training. Yep. And just start throwing that in. You have as to be soon able to as do you that. can. You have to. Otherwise it's not going to happen. Yeah. And like what about bricks? Like how that comes into play? Yeah. Like being able to hold that pace after like a ride or after Yeah. Something. I always feel like the most valuable thing from a brick is getting off the bike and being able to run at race pace. Mm-hmm. Like I really don't have too many times where I've asked my athletes to do like, you know, a two or three hour ride and then go for an hour easy run. Like mm-hmm. it's almost always just a couple of miles, get race, get that feel for race pace, like dial it in, feel what your legs are going to feel like mm-hmm. and then shut it down. But you know, yeah, I think it's super it's important. It's as simple as that. And it's as yeah. important. As yes. 
All right. The next one is having a backup plan, right? Unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. Um, Always come up. We've kind of, yeah, we've hit on kind of all the things that might come up, I think, that would make you modify your plan. But, I mean, we didn't talk about, like, if you get a flat, right, that's an unforeseen circumstance, but do you change your pacing strategy? No. You adjust your goal. You adjust your goal. You adjust your goal, right, but not your pacing strategy. Right. So there are things, but... I mean, maybe unless you're sitting there for 20 minutes, like... Is that enough time to recover a little bit and push harder? 20 minutes. I've been there for 20 on minutes. On a long I'd race? Be like waiting for a car to pick me up. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> because then you also like... Your you're probably going to get... Go, yeah. yeah, you're probably going to get amped up yeah. and just blow up yeah. right after there. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and then I, I kind of hit on this, the race day energy. Like you have to factor in that adrenaline and the excitement. Um, it's going to have an effect on you. For me, it's the heart rate. Like my heart rate's naturally elevated because of that adrenaline. Um, but you have to manage it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how about like um, not hitting, realizing that you're not going to hit your goal and not like losing That's it. That's a just... tough one. I've had that happen to me. That Plan happened B. to me at Muscle Man last year. Like I had a number in my head and early in the run, I knew it wasn't going to happen. And like it was, I think that was probably the the biggest like, just constant thing that was eating at me and my mental health at that point uh, was just like, nope, not happening. Nope. So I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Mm. So I, I I think the best athletes and I have no scientific proof of this have a plan B, C, D, all as many plans as possible for every possible contingency to, to adjust to whatever needs to be adjusted. So if swim doesn't go well or, Goggles get knocked off. I don't know. It, I think you need to, your race plan is like, I think Greg or Mary, I don't remember who said it was like, there's an ideal mm. and then pretty much that's not going to happen race day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But what you're talking about more is like, maybe you did everything. Everything's great. Everything's going exactly to plan, but you're like, but it's, but it's it, I can't day. do it. Yeah. Like <clears throat> I'm the nail today or I'm the bug. Like could have been sick the and night what, before. What you just said, Greg, that's why I don't like to have an overall goal be yeah. like the end all be all. Cause like you said, you know, it pretty much never goes exactly as planned. Mm-hmm. And then you start realizing, you know, your swim goes terrible. Like what happened to James? And then you're like, well, I'm never going to hit my goal. And then you're down on yourself when in reality, if you just forget that and yeah. just do the bike as best you can, do the run as best you can, you never know what might happen. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the better pieces of advice and feel free to correct the wording of it, but it's like, don't try to make it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So if you lost 10 minutes in transition because you couldn't find your shoe, don't try to make it up. Yeah. Like, Just, it's stick yeah. to what you can stick, do. Stick to, all right, swim didn't go any, didn't go well. All right, forget it. Get on your bike and do that the best you can. Yeah, but and not, focus on just that for now. Not the whole overall thing. Just focus on what you're doing now. Yeah. yeah. Don't and try then, to catch up. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, it's funny, like, and I suck at that. Like, that's because I'm so analytical when it comes to all this and I've got everything mapped out. I'm like, this will get me this, this will get me that. Yeah. Like, that number puts itself into my head automatically. Like, I can't, I can't not get it. Right. But like, I coach golf. And one of the things I tell my golfers, like, after I see them having a bad hole, I'm like, they, they get all ticked off and whatever. And I'm like, what's it say on the next hole? What's the score you have written down for the next one? They're like, I don't have anything there yet. And I'm like, exactly. You're right. starting from That's zero right chance. there. Like, yeah. like, don't worry about what happened there. 
Mm-hmm. Let's write a good number down next. Yeah. And like, I have to tell myself that when I'm racing or training or whatever, but <clears throat> my it's brain, hard. My brain, yeah. it's really hard. It's and hard. my brain doesn't naturally <clears throat> gravitate you, you towards have that a... kind of like, okay, we're starting over again. I'm like, mm-hmm. you want to have shut a up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, weakling. <laughs> 230 bike split. You didn't hit a 230 bike split. You're not catching 30 minutes on the run. Unless, yeah. Like, right. It's. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's more realistic to focus on those goals during training yes, and yeah. hitting those goals then. Mm-hmm. It's like anything else. It's like if you're going to school and you're studying for a test, it's like you might be a great student. You understand everything. And on test day, it's like something mm-hmm. happens. Um, same thing with training. It's like you can hit those goals so that you can hopefully, you know, if all goes well, hit those goals on the race. But at the same time, like race day is just going to be race day. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy it. Smile as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Smile and wave. <laughs> Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Awesome. Well, I think those are great That's, points to kind of end on. Yeah. Um, anybody have anything else they'd like to mention? Nope. Awesome. Covered a lot. We, hit we did. We hit on yeah. a lot of things. Uh, hopefully, you guys listening found some useful stuff out there so that your next race can be planned out a little bit better, help you show all that fitness that you've built up through training. Um, and show it out there on the race course. Maybe bring home some hardware. Like you find. All right. So thanks, everybody, for listening. This has a, been a fun episode of the Quad Pod. And we look back to look forward to coming back next week with a new topic for you. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Next Level Quad Pod. We really appreciate you spending time with us and listening to everything that we have to offer. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review and a rating. Those little things go a long way towards us being able to bring you more content like this. If you'd like to learn more about what we have to offer, please go to our website at goteamnltry.com. There, you can find out about all the different things we provide that can help you reach your athletic potential. Thank you again for finding time in your busy schedule to spend some time with the Quad Pod.